We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van All right, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for being back with us on this episode. And oh, yes, I love being able to say it. It's another in-person interview. I love it. Nothing, nothing beats being able to be in the same room as someone. Feel their energy. Look them in the eye. Shake their hand. Give them a hug. And the hope, the plan moving forward is to do all of our interviews in person again just like we used to in 2015 and 2016 and 2017, 2018, 2019, you get the point. So that's what we're working towards because you'll see in this interview, it's just so, so good. This Saturday night, are you watching it? It's YouTuber and social media sensation Jake Paul taking on former UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley in their boxing rematch. And my guest today is on that same card. Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor, who actually also fought on the last event where Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul fought each other. Anthony on that one fought Tommy Fury, who was supposed to be Jake's opponent this Saturday until he pulled out of the fight due to injuries. So Anthony has a pretty incredible story of growing up as a huge wrestling fan, then getting into mixed martial arts, fighting for Bellator, and now having some pretty high-profile boxing matches. He also became the sparring partner for Jake Paul, and how that whole thing came together is pretty crazy. And it's an amazing story of betting on yourself. So I will let him tell you that story. And you can find him on Instagram at Anthony underscore pretty boy. On Twitter, he's at Anthony underscore for real. And if you're not following me, it's just my name, at Chris Van Vliet. Our fan of the week is Lucind in Timmy. I hope I said that right. L-U-C-Y-N-D-E, Lucind in Timmy, who says, can't get enough. Just need to say that Chris is the man. He's such a great interviewer. Can also say he's generally a good guy in person. Met him in Charleston, West Virginia at one of the very first AEW Dynamite shows. Great guy and great podcast. Please keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much. I will... Continue to keep up the work. <laughs> Thank you for saying it's great. I appreciate that. And I read one review on every single episode. So if you have an iPhone, take it out, scroll down to the bottom, click on write a review, and just leave a few words on there or a few emojis. And we'll shout you out on the show, of course, 
for free. It'd be so great if you could help us out. All right, let's get into it. Ahead of his big fight this Saturday night, please welcome Anthony, pretty boy, Taylor. I appreciate the singing you were doing there. Good good mic check there. Yes. <laughs> Always good to sing. Man, what can she do? <laughs> I can pretty much sing, dance, fight, mm. cook. I can cook. Man. You know? Yeah. He's the total package. <laughs> L- literally, the total package. Literally. Are you seeing yourself more as a boxer or a fighter now, or do the two kind of become one? Oh, um, Make sure you talk into this oh, thing, by overall, the way. Overall, Chris, I look at myself as an entertainer. Because mm, okay. an entertainer does everything. Yep. He can sing. He can box. He can do MMA fights and stuff. I can do it all. So that's why when people say, are you a fighter? No, I'm an entertainer. Because mm. this is where I want to take my career into entertainment. And yeah. This part of fighting is entertainment. Yeah. Well, I think that that's so much of it right now, right? Yeah. So much of it is like the lead up to the fight. Absolutely. How entertaining can you be? How memorable can, memorable can you be leading up to the fight? Right. And, you know, growing up watching WWE, you, you look at Triple H, you look at The Rock. <clears throat> it's okay to play the heel because mm. without the heel, there's no hero. Well, look and look at some of the greatest fighters right now, the ones that we're talking about the most. Conor McGregor, Jake Paul, Logan Paul. What do they all have in common? They play the hill. They play the hill. They play the bad guy. And I'm like, okay, let me play the hill. I've been playing the hills my whole career in mm. MMA and boxing since I started off as amateurs and stuff. And it's all right. Yeah. Because what you can do is you can build your character, know what you want to do with your character, slowly build it, and take little things from other fighters, other wrestlers, yeah. and put it in your own personality. Yeah. Are, are you worried at all that people will think that you're actually just kind of an asshole, you know, because you're playing this heel? <laughs> Not really, because I've, I've had this consistent heel since the amateur days. Yeah. So people already know I'm charismatic. Uh, I'm flamboyant. I'm loud. I, I rock loud. I wear loud. And I look loud. Yeah. The, I, so I watched your last fight. So did everybody in, you know, the world. The trunks you were wearing were ridiculous. Yeah. I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. Very like Ric Flair inspired. No, definitely. Um, This next one is going to be amazing. I'm telling you. So they've already been picked out? I've already been picked out. Everything is good to go. I'm ready to rock it. Okay. So you said you watched wrestling growing up. Who were your guys? Or girls? All right. One of... The Rock was definitely the number one guy who really just... Oh my God, this is something what I want to do. I want to be the best electrifying guy there is. Yeah, yeah. Triple H was one of those guys. I used to hate Triple H, but as you get oh, you're like, wait, without Triple H, there is no rock. And you're also like, I hated him because he was so good. Yes, because he was so good. Um, Mike Tyson was definitely one of those guys. So I looked up to, and pretty much was it. The Rock and Mike Tyson. Yeah. What was it about The Rock that drew you into him? The swag. The charisma. The, man, I want to be just like him when I get older. Yeah. And now I have the opportunity to be just like him, but better than him. Yeah. Than what he's done in, in the sport. And, and you, were, you were the guy who dropped the people's elbow. Absolutely. After your win in Bellator. Yep. I'm that guy. The rock of MMA, y'all. The rock of MMA. <laughs> so was this planned out? Like, if I win this fight, I'm going to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. At first, I, I thought about having, you know, the 
the elbow band, I was going to give it a baby slice. I got throw this in the ring once I win the fight. If I knock him out, we're going to do it. And that was, that was the original idea, but I didn't knock him out. So it would have been a little cheesy doing it after the fight. But I said, okay, let me just do it. Yeah. Do it. And then were you surprised by the reaction that you got? I was. <laughs> I actually was. I didn't expect to have so many people see it. Over hundreds of millions of people seen it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, look, The Rock just celebrated his 25th anniversary of wrestling, like last week. Right. Everybody knows who The Rock is, for sure. Whether they've seen a Rock match or not, they know who Dwayne Johnson yeah. is. So when you see something like that, you immediately go, oh, oh, I know what that is. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm just here to, to he's, he's passed the, the baton. I'm here to take the baton and carry that torch and, and continue his legacy. Man. There is. I mean, the rock's not slowing down anytime soon. No, definitely not. But I'm, I'm. You guys know this for sure. I'm going to continue the rock's legacy and put it into my. Hand. Man, those are some really big shoes to fill. Oh, I'm confident I got it. Okay. I, I can do this. I got the right team and cast around me to to fulfill those shoes. I might not physically shoe size, but you do have pretty big feet, though. I'm, I'm like a like eleven and a half, twelve. Yeah, that's pretty big. <laughs> I was watching the trash talk for your last fight. So it's you versus Tommy Fury. Right. I laughed out loud when you said that he was like Shrek's better... What was it? Shrek's better looking cousin? Yeah, Shrek's <laughs> better looking cousin. Okay, did you come up with that beforehand? Man, it just came out to... I was hitting Pro Bowl shots. Bam, bam, right on the spot. Literally hitting them on the spot. I also think a lot of people looked at that fight and went, man, like you've got a lot of balls to take that fight. Yes. Because Tommy Fury was like significantly bigger than you. Right. What was the mindset going into that? He was, when you look at Tommy Fury, Tommy Fury was that, oh my God, the perfect looking boxer. How a boxer should look so gorgeous and chisel body and had the total package. Me, I was there like, hey, I'm the pretty boy. This is going to be an ugly fight. And I knew where my capabilities of fighting were, and I knew where his was. I knew that he didn't have the knockout power to knock me out, and I knew I had the power to knock him out. Mm. Fortunately, it didn't go my way, but I came, I saw, and I conquered. In a real way, Chris, I won that fight. Mm. Not, not as far as like winning the boxing match, yeah. but I won as far as he was the bigger fighter. He was supposed to knock me out in one round. Yeah. I... Went four rounds with him, a, a unanimous decision. Everybody said, you should have knocked him out. I made him look mediocre. Mm, mm. And I'm an MMA fighter, and he's right. a fury. Was there not another like lightweight that you could have fought? No, I wanted that guy. Really? I manifested this moment. Back, back May 31st, June 1st, I called out Tommy. I said, Tommy Fury, stop fighting these bums and come fight me. Wow. All of a sudden... August, I'm buying Tommy Fury. No one liked the tweet. No one retweeted. It's still there on my Twitter. Wow. Manifested. I even said, Jake Paul, I'm going to fight you. And this was February 20th, 2020. Mm. I said, Jake Paul, one way or another, I'm going to fight you. Called him out on Twitter. Next you know it, I'm training with them in Puerto Rico, fighting them twice a week. Yeah, okay. So walk me through that whole thing. Okay. Like the fact that First of all, you're on a card with Jake Paul. That's amazing in itself. Thank you, thank you. But the fact, well, now you're on another card with Jake another Paul. Another card. Yeah. Another card. <laughs> but the fact that you were training with Jake Paul, how did you even get on his radar? Was it that tweet? Well, that was the tweet. So I'm on Twitter. I had my guy named Donut Corby, who was a um, uh, uh, 
a news a news anchor for MMA Island. I wrote on Twitter, you know, with BJ Flores, who was Jake's Matt trainer. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, Jake Paul, stop ducking these fighters. Come fight me. I'll knock you out. BJ Flores said, hey, if you want to fight Jake, come to Miami, Florida, and come spar him. I'm like, cool, when? Next Friday, let's go. I said, okay. So I booked my ticket. I booked my hotel. I flew to Florida. I went down there and sparred him. He's like, where you at? I'm like, I'm here. So I, Jake walks to me. I look up. I'm like, shit, this guy. Jake's like 6'2", I'm 5'6". I'm like, yo, 5'6", and 6'2", is a big difference. Yeah. Me and Jake go at it in a spark. You know, after the next day, Jake had his words, I had my words. This was in April when we sparred. June comes, I'm getting ready for my next two MMA fights. I get, it, I get a message from BJ Flores. Hey, Puerto Rico, four to six weeks. We want you to train with us. You down? I'm like, absolutely. Who am I training with? Jake Paul. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, we want you to emulate Tyron Woolley. So I ended up going down there, sparring them for like two weeks. They ended up taking a liking into him. They like, oh, we like this guy. Like, he's, he's pretty cool. Like, at first they thought, let's, let's bring him in and whoop his ass. We don't like him because he was talking crap. But yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. warmed up and they was like, man, Anthony's really a cool dude. And this also makes sense. They wanted a former MMA guy who was boxing right. to emulate Tyrone. I, absolutely. Wow. And then all of a sudden, Jake was like, hey, I, I want to tell you something. I got some good news for you. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, maybe y'all can keep me for a couple more weeks. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, hey, have you heard of Tommy Fury? I'm like, of course. Yeah. I want to give you the opportunity to fight Tommy Fury on my pay-per-view card. Wow. <laughs> I was like... Whoa, manifestation just hit me hard, Chris. I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. So you flew yourself. Originally, you flew yourself to Miami. You paid for your own flight. Paid for your own hotel. Yep. Bet on yourself. Yep. And look where it got you. Absolutely. Now, it could have either went two ways. It could have went, A, Mm -hmm. I could have just fought him, talked crap, and just Left at that, people would have talked about it for a day to MMA former belt or star fighter Jake Paul. It yep. could have, it it would have got erased in the books two days later. B, I could have thought it like this: Let me go there, spar Jake Paul, build that relationship, so there's a bridge and a connection between him, me, and my team, bringing in other fighters if he needs for training. I thought about let me get the opportunity to build with them. Yeah. If you you know what they say, if you can't beat them. Join mm. One, I'm not going to be able to fight Jake just because I don't have the fan base in the fall. And so I was like, let me join him. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. I joined him and he's put me in a great position for the rest of my life. Like without Jake, I think I wouldn't be here at this very moment. And Jake is just a very humble guy. Very sweet. He's, he's caring. He's supportive. And he's just a really good guy. And a lot of people don't understand that part about you. This seems like such a testament to it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. No, I swear <laughs> to God, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, yeah, you might know physics, but if you don't know nobody get you in this, gets this job for you about physics, then we can't give you the job because we don't know who you really When know. you got that DM from Jake's team being like, you know, come to Miami, what was your reaction when you saw that? I was like, sure, when? This was on a Thursday. He's like, we want you here Sunday. I'm like, oh, three, okay, okay. I was like, shit, coach, I'm going out there. He's like, go, do it. 
go for it. Wow. Stars. Yeah. And then next thing you know, the pretty boy <laughs> is out there flamboyant. People's like, yo, who the hell is this guy? They be like, how the hell he sound like Chris Brown? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know? So, so and that's, that's, and that's how you were made, kids. But what, like, this is what's so crazy about this story, man, is you went from paying your own way to getting paid to train with them in Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. Jake has paid me more money training with him than I ever did in my whole career in MMA. Wow. And I said I made about $40,000 in my whole career in MMA. I made more than that sparring with him than I did in my whole career. In six, six years, weeks? Six years of MMA in six weeks. Wow. What's so interesting about both of the Paul brothers is they've surrounded themselves with so many great people that it's almost like they're, what have they been boxing for, three years now, four yeah, years? Three, three, four years now. It's almost like it's six or eight or nine years because they've been doing it so intensively. Right, right. And their dedication to the sport is real. A lot of people say you're YouTubers. Who cares? You can be a YouTuber and be an actor. You can be a YouTuber and be a firefighter. You can be a YouTuber and be an NFL player. It doesn't matter yeah. what you want to do. Set your goals to it. Do it. Manifest it. Set many goals. Turn those mini goals into real, actual big goals. Yeah. And Jake has done that. For yeah. Him and Logan has definitely manifested their dreams of becoming the biggest stars in boxing besides Canelo and... Um, Javante and all the other, you know, the other brother, uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. You can't, when you think of boxing, you're also going to have Jake Paul's name in that conversation. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, although there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I think about boxing and I think of the Paul brothers. Right. But I don't think of them as boxers. Right, right. right. But when you think of boxing, you're, the first thing, oh, Jake Paul, you're, that's going to be a top 10 mm -hmm. name in that conversation when you think of boxing. Right now, for sure. Right now, as we speak. I always say the best thing about YouTube is anyone can do it. And the worst thing about YouTube is also anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah. Because you need to do something to make yourself stand out. And that's exactly what they've done, both in YouTube and now in podcasting right. and also in boxing. And, and, and what's crazy, because a lot of people, they criticize other fighters. Oh, Jake's making all this money. UFC makes less money. One, I can't really come, you know, comment on the UFC pay because I don't fight for the UFC. Sure. But what I will say is it's all about building your base. Don't be surprised if you got a guy who's been in the UFC for less than six months making more than a guy who's been in the UFC for 10 years. Yeah. This guy's been in the UFC for six months. He probably already has 3 million followers because he's interacting with fans. He's doing things that's involving fans. His hometown supporting. You can't be mad when this guy is promoting himself yeah. And you just think, we're going to promote yourself. You, as a fighter, have to promote your brand mm -hmm. and build your brand mm -hmm. so more people is going to want to buy and see more of you. Yeah. When you just feel like, oh, UFC, we're going to just pay you to fight. Yeah, you're getting paid to fight, but your value is not rising. Yeah. Your value is just staying there. You're slowly taking the ladder. When Before you got into the ring with Tommy Fury, how many followers did you have? And then after you got out of the ring, how many followers did you I have? About, before I got in there, I was like at 13,000. Okay. And then and you, I went up to like 25. Shots. Just for the one fight? Yeah. See, I feel like you're right there. Like right there on the cusp yeah. of like one more thing and you're going to blow up. Oh, I, absolutely. Like it's crazy. Like, man. 
I remember I was at 3,000 followers and I called out Keisha Cole. Like, Keisha Cole, you go on a date with me? That right there went viral on, on Instagram, on the shade room and everything. I ended up going up 3,000 to like 13,000. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. You know, I got a couple crushes on me. You know, I don't <laughs> want my girl to kick my butt. But, you know, celebrity crushes, that don't count. You know what I'm saying? But, hey. <laughs> so you've been in the ring with Tommy Fury. Now your friend Jake Paul is going to get into the ring with yes. him. What do you think the outcome of that fight's going to be? It's going to it's going to be just like if you saw the Anthony Joshua versus uh, Usyk's fight. If you saw that fight, it's okay. going to be exactly like that. Mm. When you look at Tommy, Tommy's a big brute. He's a one-two puncher. One, one, two, one, two. Mm -hmm. When you look at Usyk, Usyk was more of the light on the feet, moving around, punch, get out the way, slip, bounce, keep bouncing. Now you look at Jake Paul. I'm I'm not saying Jake Paul. Is like Usyk, but he mimics some of the things that Usyk does. Mm. He uses every inch of the ring, and he moves around and picks the shots. Mm. Tommy, Tommy is a good boxer. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have that dog. Yeah. So you think Jake's gonna come out on top? Jake's gonna come out on top. I think a seven round TKO or unanimous yeah, decision. Wow. And then what? Then what for Jake? I want to see Nate fight Jake. Me fight Nick Diaz. So it'll be Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. Nick Diaz versus me. Or I either fight Jake Shields or Gilbert Melendez. Or I can fight Jake Shields. Baby Slice fight Gilbert Melendez. <laughs> it'll be Team Paul versus Team Diaz. So you want another, You want to keep going in boxing? I want to keep going in boxing. If it, if it approaches me the correct way. Yeah. But overall, my, my whole vision was to be a wrestler. I knew I was going to be a wrestler, and I knew I was going to be the most electrifying man other than the rock and sports entertainment. <laughs> the second I, most electrifying man? The second most <laughs> lightning, you know, all that stuff. So I knew that entertainment was going to be my factor, even if it's not in boxing or if it's not in wrestling. Something in acting would definitely be there. For me. Would you think that maybe after this fight, you start to train to be a pro wrestler? Absolutely. That's hmm. definitely what I'm going to do. Right really? after this fight, I'm going straight to training. Wow. I'm talk to my publicist. We're going to reach out to some people and go straight there. Wow. I mean, that that's a difficult journey. But with the right people around you, it seems like something you could easily do. No, absolutely. I mean, it's like you said, it's not what you know, <laughs> it's who you know. Now, I right. don't know how to bump, but if I don't know who, I, if I don't know who to connect with, mm -hmm. no one's going to be able to see how I bump or how I do in the ring. Well, it's just a matter of also like, I truly believe that anyone can learn anything. Yes. And if you have the best coaches in the world who are teaching you this, and you certainly have access to them, right? it could really speed up that process for you. True. But as always, Chris, it's always good to have a student mentality. Yeah. Are you willing to relearn? Are you, are you willing to open up to new possibilities and new ideas? Hey, you might not like this but we got something that might work better if you do this. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to be like, okay, throw everything I learned before, throw it out the window and yep. learn something new. You have to have that, what we call student mentality. Yep. If you have that student mentality, you're going to go further along your career. Yeah, and I can tell you from the few months of training that I did for pro wrestling, it's all about the little things. It's all about the really, and you'll see this when you start training. It's all about the very little things, like where you put your feet when you're locking up or mm -hmm. put your feet in a headlock. And if you can master the basics, you can do anything after that. Gotcha. I'm so excited for what's next for you. <laughs>
I appreciate you. A lot of people don't know, man. I'm like, I'm trying to get TV, reality TV, Love Island, Schmuv Island, Love everything. I- we doing it all. We doing mm. it all. I'm going to be a household name by the time this fight is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You talk about your background being an entertainer, and I thought it was so interesting when I was doing research for this that you started out as a stripper. I started out as a male stripper. Yeah, I had. You know, Chris, before I started doing this, before I turned pro in MMA, I was, I was doing my amateur circuit. I met Antonio McKee on Facebook, the coach I have now as we speak. He was like, come on down to L.A. You know, I had no car, no job, no money. I, you know, take the Greyhound bus to L.A. I'm living with Antonio. Me and A.J. McKee, we're upstairs. You took the Greyhound took to the move Gray- here? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. From Stockton, California. I started my career, for most people don't know that, I started my career in Stockton, California. So you're wondering, oh, why does he disrespect Stockton? I'm not from Stockton. So I took the Greyhound from Stockton to all the way to Lakewood, well, Long Beach, California, yeah. Ben Antonio, and... AJ introduced me to a girl. This girl's like, hey, if you need a job, I got a job for you. I started stripping. No. For a couple of months. Hold on. Hold on. So they tell you, I've got a job for you. And you're like, sounds great. And they're like, it's stripping. What's your immediate reaction? Hey, I have no shame at what I do. Let's go. Let's do it. Do male strippers get completely naked? No. Okay. This one was similar to like Magic Mike. Like, nearly oh. was an all-woman theme. Man. Just like bachelorette parties. You see some of the hottest women there, you're like, ooh. Man, this this could really start to be some sort of a wrestling gimmick here. Like, that, maybe the moves that you <laughs> learned there could really help you in the ring. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I used to do this little thing where you just like your shit on fire. You just twirl it around. You're like, oh, the girls just love that. What? <laughs> wow. They love it. Just- Dude, No. They're like, yeah, not for the main event. Wow. Oh, you got an extra torch. 
Oh my God. I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions about this. I've been to, I've been to strip clubs before. Okay. I've never been to a strip club where it's like a male review. Right. I'm sure you've been to both. Yes. Are the women crazier than the men are? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because when you look at it, when you're going to a women's strip club, men can't do too much of the touching and everything because the security's no touching. They're yeah. Very strict. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to women, we like, hey, you can touch all you want, baby. Wow. They, they let you go wrong. Go for it. Who taught you how to do this? Man, I learned it on my own. Did they just throw you to the wolves like they your first me, day? They threw me in the wolves. I, I was first as a server boy with the drinks in my shirt off. <laughs> and then like, yo, I was the only, like, these dudes were like 6'2", ripped up. But the face, ugh, not good looking in the Pretty face. Pretty boy. And that's why it was dark. It was always, I was always wondering, why is it so goddamn dark here? And I really, like, they turn on lights. They're like, ooh, they look around like, you cute. So I was getting more of the attraction. And... A lot of the women were always requesting me, like, go get that little cute light skin caramel boy. <laughs> and I was the shortest one there. So I, I remember a joke from years ago that my buddy told me. And he said, do you know the difference between a server and a stripper at a strip club? Okay. Two weeks. Because the servers aren't making nearly as much money as the people on stage. And they go, huh, I think I want to do that. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. I actually made more money as a server than I did as a stripper. Because really? I was always so the guys are on stage. The mm -hmm. guys didn't really get off the stage towards the end of the show. Yeah. And when they wanted to request lap dances and stuff, I was right there serving drinks. The girl was just throwing tips right down, and like they were just grabbing me right there, like, oh my god! I'm like, yeah, baby, I'm that guy. That total package. No pun intended. <laughs> How do you end up leaving that world? You're making so much great money there. I turned pro for, for Bellator, and, and my whole life changed. I fought James Gallagher in Ireland. That's a co-main event. And then I ended up fighting in Budapest against Adam Bowricks, who was like 16 and 1. Yeah. Now, um, just my whole life just changed ever since I met Antonio McKee. So what were you doing to pay the bills while you were training? Stri uh, stripping. But then when you I turned pro, then what was it? I didn't need to, I didn't need to work because I was making so much good money with Bellator. Okay. You know, I was making about 20 grand a fight. Yeah. Like, shit, okay, let's keep doing this. Keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. Yeah, give me as many fights as I can Absolutely. get. Absolutely. Make connections in the UK. I start fighting out there in Europe. And then, bam, I'm here on the Christmas. Wow. Yeah. The, I'm just so amazed. Like, it's, I, you might be the only fighter, maybe, certainly the only fighter I know of, who was a former stripper. Yeah. Former stripper, turned pro, turned boxer, turned entertainer, the most electrifying man. Like, come on, guys. How many guys, like, yo, we, like, if, come on. If we look ahead five years and we're having the same conversation, what are you going to be doing in five years from now? I'll probably be having to, I'll be probably walking red carpet on my own movie. Probably with Michael B. Jordan or something with The Rock or Kevin Hart. That's the goal? to go oh man be a household name yeah definitely be a household name to be very marketable to have my own clothing brand to, to have this just to be successful yeah having financial freedom is the goal yeah is that how you would define success absolutely financial, financial freedom? freedom is success mm -hmm. yeah no one can't you can't as long as you do everything by the books and right yeah 
No one came. Well, everybody has a different definition of success. I think for a lot of people, it's doing what you want when you want. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. You know, I'm, I'm loving life right now because I feel with my career, I'm just like right here on the tip of the iceberg about to explode like, yeah. whoosh, like a volcano. Like, hey, I'm that bo- volcano erupting. I'm screaming, hey, everybody, <laughs> I'm here. As, if I, as the volcano explodes and erupts, I feel like I'm just, oh, I just got to get that one more step over the ladder just yeah. to get that household in. Is that next rung right now, December 18th and Chris Avilas? Yes. Yeah. That right there. And then hopefully we get something on in the summertime, if not. But after Chris Avila, I'm going straight to wrestling with, with some of the connections. Yeah. Well, we'll end up seeing. You don't need to say it now because we'll probably just end up seeing it. Yeah. Does this have to be a win on December 18th? Absolutely. Mm. This defines my whole legacy. If I can't win on pay-per-view or Showtime itself, then what's the point? Yeah. What's the point of being entertaining if you keep losing? Yeah. No one wants to. It's like watching a rock. Yeah. And he keeps losing all his matches. It's like, damn, man, he's a good yeah. entertainer, but he keeps losing all his matches. It just doesn't make sense. But when you talk about that, like your MMA career, you were on a four fight win streak? Five fight, Five win, fight win, streak. win streak. Why jump from there to boxing? Jake, <laughs> Jake just took me along a ride. Mm. Hey, come over here. Make some more money, some good money with us. I said, okay. On a five-fight win streak, was Bellator not offering you more fights? Um, me and Bellator didn't see eye to eye, huh. so I went my way. They went their way. I told myself the only time I go back to box, I mean, to MMA, is in the UFC. Hmm. I told myself if I go to UFC, I want to fight Conor McGregor as my <laughs> debut, and I'm gonna have Jake Paul in my corner because we know Jake Paul and Dana White do not like each other. Damn, nobody dreams bigger than you. Absolutely. <laughs> How big would that be? Dana White does not like Jake Paul, but Jake Paul is there in my corner, cornering me. It would be probably the biggest sale in pay-per-view history because we all know Jake doesn't like mm. doesn't like Dana and Jake doesn't like Conor McGregor. Yep. The shit talking is going to be big time. Do you think at any point in his career, Conor will fight Jake? No. Even if it's in a boxing match? No. Really? Never will. Really? Only person who can possibly be close to, unless Conor McGregor retires from, and he's out of his contract with the UFC, then, yeah, but they're not letting go of that cash cow. Makes sense. I would possibly be closer to fighting Conor than Jake. In UFC. In the UFC, if I was to go there and market it as Jake going to corner me. You know, because Conor is very predictable and he's very beatable because of this time of age of mixed martial arts. Every kid at the age of 23 is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, a wrestler star. No, it wasn't as when MMA was in 2014, Mm. you know, where, oh, my gosh, dominant. Yeah, I'm just, it's amazing that you would jump out of what you knew. MMA is what you knew. Well, you grew up boxing, right? Uh, I did. I did some amateur circuits. I had about 11 amateur fights, and then I stopped. But I was, like, 18, did it until I was 19, and then... I didn't get into MMA until I was like 26. Mm. And now back into boxing. Was it difficult to make that transition? No, because I'm a boxer or wrestler. Yeah. Only I hate, I can't kick, so I I don't (laughs) kick. So I'm either sparring and wrestling. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. 
And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. I love how big you dream. And I love how you're not afraid to dream big. Is this stuff that you write down? Do you write down your manifestations? Uh, I do. Like, it's crazy. I, I keep it on my phone and, and I just dream big because when you dream big, it's, it's going to come true and you just got to visualize it. It's, you visualize it. Like, <clears throat> this is all the influence, Chris, on, of anime. Anime has <laughs> made a big influence like Naruto, Boruto, all those big stuff. One Piece, the manifestation, you dream big. When they dream big on them anime shows, they dream big and it comes true later on in the series. Why not dream big like those series and have my dreams come true? Now, you got to work towards them, them goals and manifestations. Yeah. Because God's not like, hey, knock. Oh, open my door. <laughs> oh, it's a PhD right there. Oh, I'm a doctor now. You got to work towards that yeah. to get it. If you work hard and you think positive, everything's going to go correct. Yeah. Who gave you the name Pretty Boy? The girls. Well, at first, <laughs> at first, the girls. I, at first, I used, when I used to um, fight in MMA, I used to fight in these orange shorts, and the girls used to call me the Orange Crush. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so during the fight, some girls like, "Oh, he ain't no Orange Crush. He a pretty boy because he don't like getting hit." I'm like, "Pretty boy." <sighs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that name and roll with it. Ever since then. People used to call me the pretty boy. I also saw that you, uh, and you know, I love wrestling. You borrowed the name, the Rated R Superstar. Rated, I've been calling myself the Rated R Superstar since I was MySpace days. So you were a big Edge fan? No. Right, like, I was, because everything I did was like sexual. Everything <laughs> as a kid, like always something women was always sexual, sexual, sexual. <laughs> and you used to think of Pretty Ricky, the, the the rap, the the R and B group, and yeah. yeah, Pleasure P. Yeah, I'm like, mm, I want to be something like Rated R, something yeah, yeah. Rated R. So I used to call myself Rated R at, at the time when I was younger in my MySpace days. Then I started, oh, I'm a superstar, Rated R superstar. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Edge came out with it. I'm like, what can you do? You're like, you're you're in high school. You can't really like, oh, I pat first. So. I've always been the flamboyant one, Casanova, rated R superstar, Mr. Three Times, if you let me, if you catch what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> How much thought do you put into your trash talk? 100%. No, 99% trash talk, 1% ability. Because the 1% ability is the easy part. It's the fight. The fight's easy. But the trash talk, you got to be naturally gifted. With the, with the trash talk. So are you like, you know, do you wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, I got to write this down right now? Cause it's like that's it's that good. It's, it's man. I think of every time I wake up, I think of Lion King. Time <laughs> to check my social media, yeah, to see who I love loves me. Yeah, that's what I think of. Like who's who's talking shit today? Mm -hmm. Who's talking? Who can I get? Who nerves can I get on without getting reported? You know, by by the by the police on Instagram. But like, I literally take my trash talking to a whole nother level. I can go from zero. To 100 real quick with it. Who's the greatest trash talker in your opinion? As like just overall? Sure. You it, know, had, it had to have been The Rock. Well, but I mean, there's also in boxing, like Muhammad Ali was fantastic, well, the, Connor. Well, the, the only person who could say that was like Roy Jones. Roy Jones was like doing it and whooping your ass. <laughs> Excuse my language. And looking good about it. Yeah. Like, boop, 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 one hand. I'm going to knock you out with one hand. Boop. 
he was doing that. And then you you didn't really hear a lot of trash talk. Like Tyson Fury didn't start really doing it until like later on in his career. But yeah. Muhammad Ali's been doing it since his early careers. Roy Jones been doing it since his career. Floyd didn't start doing it until like later in the middle of his career. You know, but you know, besides the rock, Roy Jones was that one guy mm. who was just just Mr. Mr. Unstoppable. Well, and The Rock was heavily, heavily inspired by Muhammad Ali. Right, absolutely. I mean, I mean, when you saw wrestling as a kid, everything was nothing but trash talk. Absolutely. Especially, especially in the attitude era. You son of a gun. You <laughs> Steve Austin. Oh, Hunter Helsley, you're gonna burn. JR was that guy that made us love wrestling. Them damn Dudleys, you know. <laughs> He made it so cool. He's going to burn in hell for that son of a... You know, everything about wrestling and trash talking, like, as kids, we all mimic something from wrestling the next it's day It's true. Seriously. Like, you don't really between The Rock and Stone Cold in their prime yes. at the same time, and then every kid was running around their school telling people to suck it. Like, <laughs> Absolutely, Yeah, DX, Ric Flair. Like, you didn't really trash... Ric Flair. Right. You didn't really trash talk like the stuff that you hear from like Muhammad or like Roy Jones. Every time you heard something from from WWE or WWF at the time, we go to the next day, you jabroni. <laughs> what? Teacher asked you a question. What? What? Yeah. Or it what? doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Where where's just where's the pencil at, teacher? It's it doesn't <laughs> matter. So everything we did when you grew up, anybody in the 30s. Mid twenties, yeah. you grew up a wrestling fan. That was the most important childhood of our lives. Yeah. So the trash talking we see at the press conference. Yes. Is that stuff that like you had written down previously? That's the man. That's called improv. improv. All of it's improv? improv. Improv. You must go in there with a line or two or three. No. Nope. Really? All improv. Like when you saw that sit down with me and Tommy. Did you see that? I saw it with Ariel in the middle. Yeah. Yep. That was all improv. I was going right off the bat. Bam. Bam. People's like, yo, you need to cut that promo. I'm like, I'm going to cut that promo, Chris. I'm going to cut that promo. That Anthony, does it, that the fact that you didn't win that fight, does it feel bad that you didn't live up to the trash talk? Yeah. I, I lived up to where I feel I lived up. Mm. I, I can care less what other people think about me because you got 500,000 people who's going to like me. 500,000 people who's not going to I kind of say they can like me or hate me, but just make sure I get paid for both. Right, and they're going to be talking about you yeah. either way. They, hey, they're going to hate you this day, they're going to hate you the next day, but make sure you get paid for both days. <laughs> so if you win this fight, I would imagine you get another one. Possibly. Who knows what the future holds? I would definitely like to fight Nick Diaz yeah. if it occurs, if it does happen. But he hasn't boxed before. We'll see. Huh. Or I can fight CM Punk if he catch my breath. Wow. Look at this. My God. Look at all the people you're calling out here. See, I'm calling out the world. Everybody. Everybody from AEW can get it to. CM Punk doesn't matter. Rock Man. CM Punk in a wrestling ring or a boxing both, ring? Both. Both. If, if he won in a wrestling ring, we can do it, and I'll just smash him with the pretty boy locks and everything. <laughs> Who would you say has been the most influential person for you in your life? Definitely. Yeah. What about yeah. someone like in your life who's like that you know? Yeah, no, definitely be my brother. My okay. older brother, he's a he's an actor in Hollywood. Um he's in um he's in a film, Days of Our Lives. Um another pretty boy then. Yeah. <laughs> another pretty boy. Um I forgot another show he was in, but my oldest brother, 
Well, what's his name? Good. We'll look him up Rico, on TV. Rico E. Anderson. For people who want to know, his name is Rico E. Anderson. Okay. There we go. So what was it about him that really helped you in your life and in your career? Just, you know, being a brother and just seeing how he was acting. I was like, wow, that looks fun. looks cool. I want to mm-hmm. be an actor, too. Yeah. You know? So that was one of the major things why I got into entertainment was because of him also. Yeah. So are you going to be taking, like, are you looking at taking acting lessons? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. You definitely live in the right place for this. I can just do do it all. You know, Mondays, Trash Talk Press Conference. Two days, training for wrestling. Wednesdays, acting. You know, <laughs> Thursdays, singing. Fridays, strip. I could do it all in each day. He's going to go back to stripping. Possibly. Jeez. Who knows? It might come out on a walkout. Man. Oh, Wow. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing that puts you over the edge. Not stripping, but maybe it's something to do with your walkout. Uh, maybe a Magic Mike theme on the walkout. Maybe. Maybe, yes. Do you think you could get the rights to, what's that, you know, the Magic Mike song? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Showtime could make this happen for you. Showtime can. It's, it's like, it's, this is Showtime. Huh. I think you might, you've probably already planned it out. What am I doing here? Yeah. You've already planned out your walkout. Possibly. I'm sure you have. Possibly. Man. How excited are you for this fight? Uh, man, I'm just... I'm more excited with the future holds after this fight. Mm. I'm planning my next step. I've already envisioned what I'm going to do in this fight, how it's going to pan out. Now I'm, I'm planning the next step after this fight. I think it's so important to celebrate those little wins along the way. Yes. What have been the little wins since your last fight leading up to this fight? My little one is just connecting with people, mm-hmm. connecting on so many outlets of social media, just really, just really sitting down, connecting with them, you know, speaking with family, speaking with friends, you know, speaking with my coach, you know, after this fight, like after the Tommy Fury fight, I went to Mexico, I fought twice, got two wins out there, they were grinders, but they were wins and I got another opportunity, that's a win. Yeah. You get another opportunity to fight on Jake Paul card on pay-per-view after you lost your last fight. That's a win. And during Christmas week. Absolutely. <laughs> Christmas time coming early. Yeah. This coming the, early. This could be the best Christmas present for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Mm. Man. Woo. The best. Yeah. I'm just, I'm also very excited. Like, let's take note right now of how many followers you have. Okay. And then we'll take note, let's say on Christmas Day of how many followers you have. And I think that that'll be like a good indication of the growth that will have occurred between now and then. So right now, we'll say we're at between 25, 26,000 right now. Okay, great. Maybe when we come back on the show, probably like 40, 50,000 yeah. possibly. Well, you're going to be part of the press conference. Yes. You're part of the lead up to this. Absolutely. So there it is. Absolutely. Huh. Has Jake Paul specifically asked you about the Tommy Fury fight? And asked you what he needs to keep in mind for his fight? No, I mean, he, he's spoken to me. He, um, we spoke, but they got this. They got film. They, I'm sure they watched the fight with me and Tommy. Yeah. Over and over and over again to see his mannerisms, see what he's done. Yeah. Jake doesn't need to call me to see, to ask for advice. He, him and his team has got this. Well, and you won your last fight against Chris, but it was an MMA. MMA. What changes now that this is in a boxing ring? No, there's no grappling. Well, sure. But what changes with the game plan? Um, none. Just go out there and look pretty. <laughs> go out there and look pretty, you guys. That's, that's it right there. 
Look, man, thank you so much for coming by here. Anytime. I end every conversation with the same question because I'm all about gratitude. I start every day, while you're singing The Lion King, I start every day with gratitude. What are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now as we sit here? Family, mm -hmm. friends, mm -hmm. God. Mm. And I feel like those three combined have put you to exactly where you are right now. Absolutely. Where can everybody find you online? Okay. Um, Instagram, Anthony underscore pretty boy. Twitter, Anthony underscore for real. Uh, TikTok, Anthony pretty boy Taylor. <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> Anthony pretty boy Taylor. And if you can't find either of them and it's just so hard to find me, just Google me, baby. Anthony pretty boy Taylor. <laughs> There it is. Thank you, bro. Anytime, my brother. There we go. Big thank you to Anthony for coming into my home for the interview. Thank you to you for allowing me into your home or your car or wherever you are right now, into your ears as you listen to these conversations. And I hope that Anthony's story of just going for it inspires you to chase after whatever it is in your life that you want to accomplish. Send this episode to someone who's going to be watching the fight this weekend. Just take a screenshot. Let us know that you're on this journey with us. Tag us on Instagram. Anthony is at Anthony underscore pretty boy. On Twitter, it's Anthony underscore for real. And I'm at Chris Van Fleet. And I'll leave you with this anonymous quote that I saw the other day and I just loved. Happiness is like jam. You can't spread even a little without getting some on yourself. Mm. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.